And we are live and we are back. Let's go. I'm Corey, your host, one half of the Corey and Fuller Fed Podcast. And I'm back like I never left with another installment of Wealth Wednesdays here on the Corey and Fuller Fed Podcast. We discuss health and wealth, finances and fitness and everything in between. And we want to make sure you save more and say less and keep making better your best. Yes, yes. However, my co-host, who is back from paternity leave, when he went on paternity leave, I started these where we get straight to the finance topics no fillers we discuss let's call it pertinent financial information uh various topics you know stuff in the news things like that and today as you can see for the, from the title we're going to discuss uh i would say i wouldn't say a popular topic but a well-known topic about whether or not money can or cannot buy you happiness one would say buy buy is the key word here right M- money money is involved with happiness Stress, stress, anxiety, anxiety, depression, depression, self, self-determination, you know, more money, more problems. Cool. But at some point in time, you have to have the financial means to do whatever you need to do. If you're in a first world country, in a different type of country, right, where, you know, the fact that you don't have electricity and running water isn't that big of a deal. A little bit different situation. But here in America, United States, shout out to inflation that y'all complaining about. Shout out to some student loans y'all complaining about. You're going to need some money to deal with y'all. I like... Can money buy you happiness? The, the student loans getting forgiven to my knowledge. That would be, let me put up this. Hey, yo, I can't even get started for real. For real. Oh, I didn't have the right banner up. Welcome to Wealth Wednesday. Y'all know I got the student loan student loan banner on today. Student loans. Y'all know that student loan forgiveness is going to make you happy. But before I get too much into it, make sure I hit that like button, share and subscribe. Shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Please leave those rating reviews on the podcast platforms as well. Again, I'm sideline underscore Corey, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Then my co-host Jordan is Stop Stalling J on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as well. And his business page is Finally Fit on Instagram. No, Finally Fit 06 on Instagram. Finally Fit on Facebook. And his website is finallyfit.live. All of our contact information is in the show notes on YouTube. What I got to do is I got to get a banner now where I can just post that and it'll be up all the time. And y'all can see our handles. But that, that that's next step progression. But all right. Yeah, like I said, on Wealth Wednesdays, we get straight to the finance information. I don't have any recap for y'all on anything that's happened, but we got to talk about whether or not money can buy you happiness. So let's go ahead. Is your first time tuning in? (laughs) Hit the like, not hit the like button. Don't sue me, sue your mama. This is for entertainment purposes only. Jordan nor myself are finance or fitness professionals. You need to do your own research. Here goes my wife. She's calling me. What does she want? Hello? Okay, I'm recording right now, so I'll turn it off when I'm done. All right, bye. Hey, build it as you fly. This, this, this is this not a live stream, but this is, this is a live recording. All right, but now I'm going to share the screen again, like I said, for entertainment purposes only. Don't sue me, sue your mama. Do your own research and speak with a professional. And yes, if y'all are wondering, if you've been tuning in, shout out to listeners. We see y'all liking, liking the like button. Y'all are liking the like button. We see y'all hitting the like button. We see the views going up. But this is your first time tuning in. My mouse is broken. And this is not your first time tuning in. Yes, my mouse is still broken. Let me see how well y'all can see that real quick. The one benefit of having it on my phone, which I might still do, is that I could see how well I was zoomed in when I haven't hopped back and forth. That's still pretty. See, I'm on CNN. All right, let's see. There we go. Oh, no. Y'all can't read that at all. It's going to be pretty zoomed in on my end, by the way. God dang. All right, let's see. 
But I hope that's good. I don't do I, this might be my first scene in an article. And as always, shout out to the Coast Guard. My mom, I, what the irony my wife just called veteran of the Coast Guard. Um, here we go. It turns out money may buy some hat. Here we go. That's so the key word here is buy. Whether or not money can buy you happiness. That literally means purchasing, using your money to go get something to make you happy. And if you don't know, the authors of these articles always with my butt. This is Harry Enten. Eat, I don't know, Enten, Eaton, E N T N, regardless of CNN. This was published in May of last year. I couldn't find any super, super recent articles, but uh, one of the listeners did reach out to me and say, Hey, I want to hear your thoughts on this. So, y'all know how we, we do that. We put it in the queue. And if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, or something you want to hear us talk about, just let us know and we will put it on the poop deck to discuss. Maybe not always the poop deck, but it, it will it will get discussed at some point in time. Then I'll let you know. We'll let you know when we discuss it. But all right. Money may make the world go round, but can it buy happiness? Shout out to Biggie. A few weeks ago, CNN. A few weeks ago, I found myself CNN. A few weeks ago, I found myself flying on a trapeze high above Manhattan. Why the heck was I there? Well, I was trying to answer an age-old question. Does money buy happiness? Now, if you don't put it like this, whether or not you got money or, or not. I don't know if y'all be able to hear this. I don't know if y'all can hear this or not. It's 30 seconds. For those of you listening to podcast platforms, this is this guy just posted a video of him, I guess, above Manhattan on a trapeze. Now, look, this isn't like bungee jumping or jumping out of a plane. This is what he just did. Definitely low on the totem pole of whether or not this should give you some happiness or not. Unless you love the trapeze act and you want to be in a circus in your life or in a past life. Um, okay, cool. As you can see, he said he was petrified in the video. Shout out to Henry. I think it's Henry. Or it's Harry. Henry, Harry. My bad. That must, that must be Harry. So jump off. Jump off the irony. All right. So what made you... What made you made me think that a trapeze could help me determine whether money can buy happiness? Here we go. This is going to be a very let's see how how much data is in this article. It seems like this might be very personal. Shout out to CNN and Health. It was something I learned as a as I recorded the last episode right of the podcast. Okay, shout out to podcast, margins of error. I went to some different sources to determine whether money can buy happiness. All right, margins of error, error, cashing in on happiness. Here we go. How much money do we need to be happy? I think the statistic was once you make over, and it's just, I don't know if it was median or average, but it was a national number. I think it was in the sixty to eighty thousand. It might have been eighty thousand dollars, but I think it was between anywhere between sixty to eighty thousand. But once you make more than that, money, quote unquote, doesn't make you happier in the sense of anything over that. Sort of like you know whipped cream and cherry, but it, you know at that dollar amount, you know on a national uh, number you're pretty much going to be able to take care of most of your necessities unless you got a whole bunch of debt. But for the most part, you're going to be able to do a good amount, you know, of what you want to do with $60,000, $80,000. I'm not sure if that was single or married. I'm going to leverage that as far as lean, should I say, to the single side. But hey, that's what um that number was. Should we move heaven and earth? To... How much money do we need to be happy. Should we move heaven and earth to earn six figures? You don't have to move heaven and earth. This, this is why I do the articles. More people read this article or are going to read this article. Probably have read because it's 2022 when it dropped. 
then they're going to listen to this. But this is the wording that is destroying people. Should we move heaven and earth to earn six figures? This is last year. This is 19, you know, 92. This is 2022. You don't have to move heaven and earth to earn six figures. Now, if you choose the wrong degree field, you may have to move heaven and earth, but you do not have to move heaven and earth to earn $100,000 and zero cents or $8,333.33 a month gross. That, you don't have to do that. Or can we just be happy with less, right? I mean, goodness. Harry gets some answers from Matt Killingsworth, who created an app to track happiness in real time. Okay, how are we going to track this happiness? Harry also learns why paying for experiences may be key to finding joy and test that. Okay, first time. First, excuse me, I said first time. First, I went to my friend, Clara, who grew up without a lot. What does that without a lot mean? Money cannot buy happiness, she told me. But money can solve a lot of our problems and troubles. One now here, here's a simple theory. Would you be happy if your problems and troubles were solved? Here, here, uh, uh, philosophy, the math, the the math of language or English. Like, okay, money can't buy you happiness. Okay, but money can solve a lot of our problems and troubles. Okay, well, I would just ask you if your problems and troubles were solved, would that make you happy? If that's yes, then by definition, then money would. Okay, whatever. Also looked at uh, 2010 Princeton University study that was once the final word on the subject, which indicated money can help make you happier, but not beyond income. Okay, $75,000. My goodness, that's 2010. Okay, so I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna share this. I'm gonna share this tab and let me do this. Inflation. I got time for y'all to be seeing you on my, my search history. There we go. Is this it? All right, boom. So I'm going to share this tab instead so y'all can see that. That's not zoomed in enough. So that was $75,000 in 2010. Shout out to my wife calling complaining about the heat. By the way, it, it was already 67 degrees without the heat on. All I did was turn it to 68. But, you know, here we go. All right, then y'all can let me zoom in a little bit more. All right, so all right, let's just do this right in 2023 so y'all can see that a dollar. Shout out to inflation, almost 3,000% since 1913. My goodness. Just so y'all can see, right? You know, 2023, a dollar is worth right now, a dollar. So if we go to 2010. My goodness, it's 38%. So we do 75,000, 38% of that, 38% of 75,000 is 28,500. So it's $100,000. Oh my goodness. $103,500. Wow. Right. I mean, if y'all if y'all want to do the math, you do you know, 70, 75 times four is 30. Right. So 30 percent. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It is one hundred thousand dollars now based, you know, when you adjust for inflation for this Princeton study now. And that's what I was saying. Like, is it 60 to 80,000? Right. And this makes sense. Right. I was saying 60, to 80, 75. Do you need one hundred thousand dollars? My guess is this is a, a, a nationwide average or median. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Talking about moving heaven and earth. All right. Then came a study, uh, 2021 study from Matthew Killingsworth, a senior fellow okay, at the Warden School of University of Pennsylvania. Killingsworth gathered data over a seven-year period in real time. Over a seven-year period. How can it be in real time? Whatever. I know what that means, but still. From tens of thousands. So this is a, a large study of people across a wide range of incomes. From folks earning minimum wage, here we go, to those making, ooh, more than 500K, over half a million. He asked, he asked people to rate their level of happiness 
on a continuous scale. See, one of the issues is it's just not about how much money you're making, right? So this is just income in short. Like, can your money buy you happiness, right? So can your income be turned into happiness when you go and use it to buy something? But it's also about your money management and the actual, actually how you're using that money to buy stuff. So you can, you know, quote unquote, when you go get debt, right? You go get a car loan, right? Is that buying happiness, right? In the short term, right? I say, you know, the um, rate level of happiness on a continuous scale. I would say in the short term, yes, when you go and get some car debt, if it's the car that you want, you get a house or whatever it is, your student loan, you're going to be happy. But on this continuous scale over time, when these payments start whooping your butt, we have inflation or, you know, this is 2010, right? I mean, seven years ago, right? So that'd be 2016, 2010 reference in the Princeton study. But all of a sudden the panorama happens 10 years later, right? Right. You know, things kind of change. You start looking at, well, yes, this bought you happiness in the short term. But what about the long term? So let's see what this data gets us into. The steps Killingworth took to make his experiment so, um, that made his experiment different from others before him, including the Princeton study. Wait, the steps Killingsworth took made his experiment. Oh, it made it different. Okay, cool. Nice salon. He found, look, I don't got a degree in English, but you know, anyways, he found that your day-to-day -day happiness levels do rise when you earn more money. Great. This may come as a surprise to you, given one study found that one fifth of Americans believe money can buy happiness. It doesn't say what percentage of people. I guess I mean it's over fifty percent. So it's saying, you know, roughly half. One fifth is uh, is twenty percent. Okay, so about my guess is it's at least fifty percent to make that statement. Okay, one fifth of Americans believe that money can buy happiness. In another study, unlike the Princeton researchers. All right, Killingsworth discovered that money correlated with happiness no matter what your income levels. Each dollar buys a little bit less happiness, right? As he noted. And that's I would say that relates to the Princeton study. Cause as you as you get towards 75,000 or now a hundred thousand, we adjust. But as you get towards that number in the Princeton study in 2010, once you hit 75,000, you know, anything over that. It, money no longer quote unquote makes you happy which means as you get closer to the number your happiness is decreasing which as he stated each dollar buys a little bit less happiness so that 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 will concur with the princeton study let's see how much you know what else you got that makes it different so if someone's earning twenty thousand a year gets a ten thousand i mean ten thousand a ten percent raise now someone earning two hundred thousand ten percent raise these these data these data predict that will that predict that that will deliver the same increment in happiness. <clears throat> okay, this is percent, shout out to percentages. Yeah, I know when to switch between whole numbers and percentages. All right, if you get a 10% raise, it says it's gonna impact you the same way. Cool. I would say, in all honesty, if you're making 200, if you're making $200,000, getting a 10% raise isn't gonna impact you the same if you're making 20,000, get a 10% raise due to the tax bracket situation. You're gonna see less of that 10% raise. You get a 10% raise making 200K and you're single, you probably barely gonna see any of that. Because they're gonna they're gonna tax the hell out of it. But if you go from making twenty thousand to twenty two thousand, right? Ten percent of twenty thousand is two thousand. You're making twenty two thousand now. You're gonna see a, a good majority of that two thousand dollars because your tax bracket um is is so low. If you here's the issue with twenty thousand dollars. This is this is poverty. What what whatever. I mean, min, minimum minimum wage is is fifteen. Let me do it again. Yeah, minimum wage is fifteen thousand dollars, and in Maryland, this is definitely poverty because in Maryland, minimum wage is thirteen twenty-five. Okay, Maryland, your minimum wage, you know, work forty hours a week is almost twenty-eight thousand dollars. So this is, you know, what state is this? 
In other words, getting an extra $100 means more to someone making $20,000 because it's a higher percentage of that person's income. Okay, yeah. But then see, no, it just says in other words, getting an extra $100 means more to someone making $20,200K because it's a higher percentage of that person's income. But then it says that, so if someone making 20K right, gets 10%, 200K gets 10%, these data predict that that will deliver the same increment in happiness. What? I mean, I guess, you know, it, it means, I guess it's saying it means more from a percentage standpoint, but not from a happiness standpoint, whatever. Also of note, there's a difference between day-to-day -day happiness and overall life satisfaction. That's what I was talking about with the debt, right? So you're happy that day, but, you know, over your lifespan, it doesn't make you happier. The latter of which sees a sharp upswing once you cross the poverty line. Sensational. Uh, look, if you're in poverty, money's going to get you some happiness. So you can get up out of poverty. My goodness. Killingsworth does. Also, I never read these articles. I forgot to say that. I did, uh, this is my first time looking at this. Killingsworth does caution against spending all your time trying to earn more money. I would not. Do not listen to that. Do not listen to that. There is a, a thin line between spending too much time trying to earn money and then you have to go earn the money that you need to do whatever you're trying to do. I mean, you, you, if you're whatever, if, whatever, if what you want to do costs, you know, X amount of dollars, then you got to be able to put in Y amount of time plus Z amount of effort to get that, that X amount of dollars. Like that, that, that's the real issue. Everyone talks about don't spend all your time working. Well, if you want to have a, if you don't make a hundred thousand and your lifestyle requires you to make a hundred thousand, you got to go put in the time to get a hundred K. What are you talking about? This is why I get confused. I, you know, we go to, you know, shout out to the comp side degrees. We didn't get the party degree. It was not a party major. I went to school for four straight years, graduating four years, by the way, eight semesters. And like, and I took summer and winter classes. Like, my goodness, it's like talking about the, the time. I mean, other people did other stuff, but you know, you see how it pans out. Remember compound interest. The more you put in up front, the higher percentage chance you're going to have more later on. I mean, that's simply how it works. Y'all y'all didn't put in no work between 18 and 25 and you wonder why you're 30, you ain't got shit. It's that simple. I'm, I'm tired of this pussification of everything. Okay. Right. Killingsworth does. I want to see... <laughs> It's not 2024 yet, but I'm ready to turn up like it's 2024. This is the last year where I'm letting people make statements and we can't see, you know, pull up your mint. But I want to see Killingsworth's finance situation because Killingsworth does caution against spending all your time trying to earn money. Well, how much money do you earn and how much time did you put in to be an, a writer for CNN? People who define their, because you know, that's not something light. People who define their personal success in terms of money, they tend on average to be less happy. Yes, you shouldn't just put all your weight on money. That is true. But it gets to, but you have to get to that point. And in short, that, that point is about $100,000 when we adjust from that Princeton study from 2010 to 75000 You want to have it, but you want to not care too much about it. Get to the point where you got too much money and then you're having these issues. He, le he led me. He led me to Elizabeth Dunn, a psychology professor at the University of British Columbia and the chief science officer at Happy Money, a financial technology company that helps people acquire personal loans. Oh, my goodness. This is a company called. I'm still here, y'all. I know it's not supposed to be silent for the podcast listeners. This is a chief chief science officer. What the hell is that? Of, at Happy Money, and it's a techno a financial technology company that helps people acquire personal loans. If you want to help people acquire personal loans, that's fine. Shout out to capitalism. However, your company name is Happy Happy Money. This is if I if I knew Dave Ramsey, I would send him the screenshot and be like, Dave, they got something called Happy Money. It's a, a fintech company, and they help people get debt. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
I wanted her. Uh, this is uh, Killingsworth talking, not not me. I wanted, but he wanted her to help uh, him figure out how we can squeeze the most out of happiness out of the money we're already making, so we can obsess a little bit less about making more. Right? She's gonna help you take out debt, so it's not about the money you're making. Her first piece of advice is the reason I decided to do the trapeze. She told me that we should be buying experiences instead of objects. Yes. As I've said before, I've already said this before, I don't shop, I make purchases. One of the issues is you probably aren't intentionally spending your money, which is why you're not happy, in short. So if you're spending money on things that you don't like, that's on you. It's one of the reasons people say, you know, like, you know, I eat the same food all the time. Well, I like the food that I eat and it's a, not a, like a high risk, but like, what's the risk reward of me trying something I've never tasted before and not liking it when I know I can eat something that I enjoy. Now, I don't be eating like, okay, this is all right. No, I, I eat food that I love to eat. So I'm gonna keep spending money on food I love to eat. It's sort of like, this is why people struggle with their investments. You, you consistently invest in something that's giving you a return. Now you want to change something else and it never made you no money or you don't know if it is, they're going to make you money and it made this person money. But you know, I mean, you don't have the same, right? Risk tolerance or taste buds. When it comes to making that decision, do what you like to do. That's the one issue. Oh my goodness. A lot of y'all got a student loan debt because everybody in your life told you to go to college. You didn't want to go to college. Now you're sitting here struggling. Ain't nobody helping you pay these damn bills. Dun oh crap. I didn't click the article. Here we go. Oh no. Come on, Wi Fi. Oh, now it wants to take all day. Oh no. Did I lose the article? Hold on, y'all. Let me stop sharing real quick. Cause I try to get it back. Okay, I got, I got it back. That was so slight, slight technical difficulty. I was like, where did it go? Okay, let me share the screen again. Oh, it sent me to the bottom of the article. I was like, whoa, where did it go? I was confused at first. I was like, what the hell? Okay, we're almost done, y'all. Okay, so Dunn's research indicates, it did take me back to the article, I just didn't know I was at the bottom. The research indicates experiences often connect us with other people that we care about. So if you're going on a trip or going out for a special meal, usually it's not going to be by yourself, it's going to help to enrich your relationship. Yes, and do things with people, you do what you enjoy with people you enjoy, my goodness. But perhaps more instrumental, more instrumental as to why I did the trapeze is why Dunn did the trapeze. No, excuse me, Killingsworth did. Dunn noted that experiences seem to be more deeply connected to our sense of self. When people look back on their spending or on experiences, they tend to feel that this is really more about who they are. But also, too, you got to look about how much debt are you going into, right? Because Dunn is, is the person, right, who, who helps you helps you take out loans. All right. Did buying an experience instead of an object get me to a greater happiness level? Yes, it actually did. All right. This is even though I hate heights. I've watched a video of me on trapeze right a number of times. All right. Share that clip. Okay. It's really a gift that keeps on giving. All right. But they saying didn't just buy an experience. He bought a story you could share over and over again. All right. And he thinks trapeze experience has gotten better the further I am from it. Okay. There's a real sense of nostalgia, even though it was only a few weeks ago. So how can you get the most out of money you already make beyond just buying experience? Dunn has a bunch of other tips, but you'll have to tune in the podcast. Okay, you're saying that great ad, right? Now you got to listen to the podcast to hear more. Yeah, I mean, very simple logic. Very, very simple logic. 
don't spend money on things that you that you know your lifestyle things right necessities are what they are but don't spend money on things you don't like again who's this article by well now i can't see the article all right whatever so yeah can money buy you happiness spend money on things that that you enjoy doing one, one of the biggest issues biggest issues shout out to credit card debt is that people spend money on things that benefit them really not at all they believe that they benefit them in the short term right now they definitely don't benefit them in the long term and they know that but hey shout out to rationalization but people spend money on things that they believe will benefit them in the short term and have no impact on them in the long term and that's the main issue and a lot of times as we saw because elizabeth dunn worked for a fintech company that's gonna help you take out some loans fintech companies called happy money i guess no sponsorship let me stop mentioning that for you oh my goodness but the issue is people usually go into debt for things that quote unquote benefit them in the short term and then over the long term it's not good for them at all but since they're in debt usually credit card debt maybe a car loan maybe student loans maybe a mortgage bought too big of a house but now you're in debt and now you have to continually put money towards this experience this event in life that you no longer enjoy and that's the actual issue it's not whether or not money can buy you happiness first are you spending your money from a lifestyle standpoint on things that you enjoy if you like eating seafood, but yet you keep on eating steak, don't talk to me whether or not money buys you happiness. You're not even eating seafood. So at some point in time, right, you got to be willing to not fold to the peer pressure. As I mentioned, like I love eating seafood. I mean, I do like eating seafood. I mean, I like steak too, but I'm saying like in this example, I like eating seafood. And everybody's asking me, why, well, Corey, you always eat seafood. You know, you always want to try the salmon or the shrimp. Why don't you ever try the steak or the burger? It's like, why would I do that? This is my life, right? It's your money. You put in all this work now. Killingsworth told you not to put in too much work. Let me let me see if I can quote him verbatim. Or he said, or he's saying, should we move, have to move heaven and earth? Right? He's saying, don't, don't, don't work too hard for it. Let me see if I can get that quote. I can't find the quote. But he, he he's telling you don't, don't put in too much work. Right? Killing there we go. Does caution against spending all of your time trying to earn more money. But let's be very clear. Everything costs money to do. So if you like doing a lot of stuff, well, if you want to pay cash for it, shout out everybody getting all this debt. But if you don't want to go into debt for it, when are you going to generate this income? Nobody wants to explain these things to me. It is 2023, not 2024. But once we get in 2024, January 1st, we're going to, y'all need to start having internet timestamps proof when people say these things. He's telling you, yeah, don't put in all this work, right? I'm, I'm going to caution you spending all your time trying to earn more money. But it's like, my goodness, you got two two student loan payments, you got two cool car payments, you got rental or mortgage, you got kids, you got all this stuff that costs all this money, then it's hard to get to your lifestyle. And then, as I said, even if you do the things that you do enjoy, it's a short-term benefit because you took out the debt to do it. This is, this is where things get confusing. But all right, y'all see, I forgot to put this up. Can money buy you happiness? It can buy you happiness. I, I would say up to a point in the sense of you don't, as the article did mention, you don't want to put so much of your focus or so much equity into just straight up your income or just straight up into how much money you have or you earn, excuse me, or your net worth. You actually want to find other things as far as relationships, you got family, et cetera, you know, friends, charity, things like that here in the world. But you do need to go out here and get the bag and shout out to this Princeton article again. That was 2010. It was $75,000 when you adjust that to inflation to 20. 23 inflation calculator said inflation is about 38% and 40% of 75,000 is 30,000. So 75,000 plus 30, that's $105,000. I would say right now, 
I wouldn't say maybe all of America. There's so many parts, but I would say that's a good that's a good average. I wouldn't say that's a good median because average is higher than the median. But I would say six figures is a good average for most of the country. Definitely, if you're living on the coast, definitely if you're living in Maryland, well, minimum wage is going to damn near give you thirty thousand dollars. McDonald's gonna give you thirty thousand dollars if you show up forty hours a week. You going and three three times. I mean, you know, three you're making three times the McDonald's full time employee, and that's ninety thousand. That's insanity. You better go ahead and get the bag. And I've been told y'all, for those y'all is single with no kids or married with no kids, if you live in Maryland and you have no children, you need to be making damn near $60,000 because two full-time jobs will bring you almost 60K. If you're married and you have no kids, both of you have no kids, no kids at all, and you don't have a six-figure income in the state of Maryland, that's your fault. They, go, they you, you just pick up two minimum wage jobs a piece. You're going to be there. They're giving you over 20, 25 racks a year. I, I don't know what people want. So at some point in time, you know, listen to Killingsworth, you know, how much work, you know, caution you put in that man. Just with that book. All right. All right, y'all. Again, make sure that like button, share and subscribe. Shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Again, any questions or concerns, you can reach out to myself, Cylon underscore Corey or Jordan at Stop Stalling J, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Again, Jordan's business page is finallyfit.live. And then my information for the financial coaching is in the show notes and it's on my link tree on Twitter and Instagram, but $50 for one hour session a month, $100 for one one hour session a week. I'm going to say this again in case you might skip an episode. Jordan is no longer doing the in-person training in Hartford County because I forgot he picked up a second job, a part-time job at night. So he doesn't, he only got so much time on the schedule. And so the in-person training had to get axed, but he's still doing the virtual training in the morning, 5.30 a.m. on Monday and Wednesday for immediate advance, and then 6 a.m. on Tuesday and Thursday for beginners. All right. And again, like I said, all of this is in the show notes on YouTube. But all right, y'all, again, remember to save more and say less. Keep making better your best. And I will catch y'all in the next one.